Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. Thanks for being here today. Um, Last month, I was able to go and visit the Crossing School. Anyone ever heard of the Crossing School in Goshen? Yeah, it's a, it's a great school for kids that aren't making it in the public school system. Do a lot of great things there. And uh, so anyway, when I was visiting them, I noticed that a lot of them did not have lunches. It was around lunchtime. And so um, last week, we were able to buy them $500 worth of groceries to put in their fridges um, and just have for the kids. I think we have a picture of yeah. You can get you can get five hundred dollars worth of groceries in one cart anymore. You know that. <laughs> no, actually, there was more beyond this too. But uh, yeah, so thank you guys for your generosity as you give uh, to the church. We're able to give back to our community and around the world. So thank you guys for that. Also, this Friday night uh, we have a team of fourteen people from our church going to Costa Rica for a one week mission trip. We're going to be partnering with a vineyard church in Costa Rica and doing outreach and construction projects and going into the schools and blessing them and so on. And so there's two things on that. First of all, uh, please be praying for this team this next week uh, as they prepare and then, of course, the week that they're gone. And then secondly, if you would like to send them off in prayer, you can join me on uh, Friday night at midnight. That's actually what time they're leaving. So you guys can come. Join me, we're going to pray them off, uh, and then they are driving through the night, and then they're flying through the morning, and uh, again, keep them in your prayers. Oh, one last thing on that. We will be sending out daily updates on the trip with photos and so on. If you want to be part of that, make sure you fill out a Connect card and give us your email address. Um, And so if we don't have your email address, you won't get those, but if you would like to get those daily updates, fill out a Connect card. Okay, so... Um, This morning, to introduce our message, I couldn't think of a better thing to do than to play a Brian Regan video. How many of you are Brian Regan fans? Oh, just like six of us. Oh, man, you guys are missing out. You're going to all be Brian Regan fans after watching this video. Now, I apologize in advance. The video is from like 1992 when they had something called like VHS quality. You guys remember that? (laughs) Maybe it was even SD quality. I mean, it's not very good quality, but I think you'll still enjoy it. So watch this. I don't know. Maybe if I would have studied more as a kid. The spelling bee, that's where it all went wrong for me. This is a great idea for kids, huh? Hey, kids, up against the wall. It's time for public humiliation. Spell a word wrong. Sit down in front of your friends. That's great for little kids' egos. You know, hey, look at me. I'm a moron. <laughs> that wasn't even close. I was using numbers and stuff. <laughs> That's why I admired that kid who spelled it wrong on purpose so he could sit down. He didn't even care. You know, first round. Cat, K-A-T, I'm at it. <laughs> then as he passed you, <laughs> I know there's two T's. <laughs> I couldn't spell. I remember my teacher asking me, uh, Brian, Brian, what's the I before E rule? Um, I before E. Always. 
Oh, what are you, an idiot, Brian? Well, apparently. So she explained it. No, Brian, it's I before E except after C. And when sounding like A as a neighbor in way. And on weekends and holidays and all throughout May. And you'll always be wrong no matter what you say. That's a hard rule. That's a, that's a rough rule. It's a hard... That's a rough rule. Any good spellers in here? Yeah, we... I see that hand. I see that hand. Uh, I, I was not a great speller in school. And uh, do you guys remember the spelling bee? That's what it felt like to me. Time to stand up here for public humiliation. That was awesome. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Anyway, so I actually remember when I was young enough to be learning how to read. I can remember that. And uh, what I would do is I would read the road signs as they went by. And so this was one that came up. Everybody knows this, this road sign. It says, pass with care, right? And so I remember thinking that care was car, all right? I didn't understand the E, long A kind of thing, silent E. So, so I remember thinking, pass with car. Well, that's kind of obvious. <laughs> Why do they have a sign that says pass with car? It didn't make any sense to me. I was a little confused. So then I thought, well, maybe it's past which car? But where's the question mark? And why are they asking me which car I'm passing? You know, I, I remember just thinking about this, and I finally had to, to ask my brother, what, what does this say, pass with care? And I'm, oh, and it cleared up the confusion. See, there are things in this life that are a little confusing, right? I had I've got a few more signs for you. These are actually really confusing sign. So here's the first one. Free Wi-Fi starting at $59.99. <laughs> you ever seen those? Yeah? It's probably for a hotel room if you're really confused. It's $59, but the free... Anyway, so here's another one. Entrance only. Do not enter. <laughs> not sure what to do with that one. Here's another one. Right lane must right left. I think that's a typo there somewhere. <laughs> Here's another one. Do not read under penalty of law. Y'all just broke the law. I'm just telling you right now. Lawbreakers. Here's another one. Please slow drive Lee. Any Star Wars fans? You guys get that one, right? Please slow drive Lee. All right, next one. Hunters, please use caution when hunting pedestrians <laughs> using walk trails. <laughs> Could use some punctuation there, I think. Maybe a period or comma, something. All right, next one. We remember all who have served hot breakfast. <laughs> I know I always do, Hope. You served me a hot breakfast, man. I'm, I'll remember you. Somebody messed up on that one. Next one. Violators will be towed and fined $50. I want to park there. That's where I want to park. Just a couple more. We'll eventually get to the message. I, I promise you. Are you sure you want to exist? Yes or no? 
I would be scared if my computer asked me that, right? <laughs> Are you sure you want to exist? <laughs> HAL 2000. All right, and the last one here. Wash and vacuum senior citizens for $15.95. <laughs> no comment. No comment. See, there are some times in life when things just don't make sense, right? We can be a little bit confused, and, and, it's, and it's okay because we, you know, maybe ask a friend, what does that mean? And we can kind of figure it out. But, you know, there are times when we are confused in our spiritual walk as well, right? I mean, I'm just like, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do in this situation. Has anyone ever been confused by words in this book? Oh, good. I see a couple of head nods. I'm not the only one. And I'm a pastor and have been studying this book for years. And, and it can still be confusing. There are things in this book which don't make sense sometimes. You know, for example, uh, it says in the very beginning of the Bible that God created the heavens and the earth in six days. How did he do that? I mean, was it, was it a literal six 24-hour periods, or was it six periods? Because the Bible also says that a day is like a 1,000 years to God, and a 1,000 years is like a day. So I, that's, that's confusing. I don't quite understand it. And then there's another section in Scripture where Jesus had just fed 5,000 men and a whole bunch of women and kids as well. He broke bread, remember that, and fish, and he broke it and gave it to everyone. And so he had this following Thousands of people are following him for a free meal. And he's like, that's, I'm not here to just deliver meals. I mean, and so he's, he preaches a message and he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part with me. And they're like, is, does he want us to eat his finger? I mean, is he going to... What, what is going on? I mean, cannibalism is not something that the Jews really bought into. So it was really confusing. And the scripture said a lot of people, most of his disciples left him because of that confusing teaching. Now, we understand today that he was talking about communion. You know, the bread and the juice that represents his body and blood that would be broken and shed for us. So, yeah, scripture can be confusing. There's one more story, and we're going to read a section of this, where Jesus is talking to a teacher of the law, a Pharisee, who he knew the Old Testament. He had it memorized. His name was Nicodemus. And they were having a conversation, and, and Nicodemus was really getting into what Jesus was saying. And then Jesus makes this statement, this really confusing statement. He says in John chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. That's a confusing statement. And so then Nicodemus says what we all would probably say at the same, or would be thinking, how can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. See, this concept of being born again, we're going to talk about this today because it's confusing for those of us who've been in the church for a long time, you know, we've heard the phrase many times, maybe read it in Scripture, and we have a better understanding of it. 
But if this is new to you, you know, being in the church or reading scripture, it's a confusing topic because you really can't enter into your mother's womb and be born again, right? It is confusing. What is Jesus trying to say? So we're going to try to answer that question today. We're in a series called Living in Love, and it's a study of the book of 1 John. And uh, it, it goes along with our word for the year as a church. Uh, our word for the year is passion. We're trying to fall more passionately in love with God. And so as a result, we're studying the book of 1 John, which has a lot of love within it. And so we're in that uh, series today. Last week, we had a message titled, Commanded to Love. And it was a message about loving one another. God commands us to love one another. And you can watch our messages online. Just go to our website and you can watch those. And I would encourage you, if you miss a message on a Sunday, make, take the time that next week just to, to get caught up because we try to put these together and kind of build on each other. So if you miss that message, I would encourage you to go back and watch it. But today we're going to be in the book of 1 John chapter 5. Um, you can turn there if you would like. In your Bibles, we'll also have it up on the screen, and you can follow along there. But uh, in this section, John is talking about being born again, talking about being born of God. And my hope is that we can get some understanding of what that means through this section of Scripture. So John, 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, and then I'll drop down to 10 through 13. Everyone who believes that Jesus is Christ, is the Christ, is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has, come, that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the, only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Then dropping down to verse 10. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because they have not believed the testi testimony God has given about his Son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. So today's message is titled, Born in Love. Born in Love. And it cut to the chase. Being born again means starting over. It means having new life. New life. New life in Christ. So today, I'm going to give us four ways that we can know what it means to be born again, like defining characteristics of being born again. And my hope is that if, this, if it's a new topic to you, you'll understand it. It'll, I'll be the one explaining it to you, and hopefully you'll understand what it means to be born again. And if this topic is not a new one to you, my hope is that you take a look at these characteristics and really evaluate your life against them. Because I don't know about you, we can be born again, make a decision to follow Jesus, and we can drift sometimes. And so messages like today hopefully are ones that can help you maybe if you've drifted a little, a little, get back on track, okay? 
So first let me pray, and then I'll give you some points you can fill in. Jesus, we thank you for living a perfect life and dying for our sins so that we can be born again. And Lord, I pray that you would help me to communicate the message of the gospel today. It's what you came here to share. You didn't come here just to feed people. And your whole purpose wasn't necessarily to heal people either. It was to proclaim the gospel of salvation, which is what we're going to talk about today. So Lord, I pray that you would help me to share your words. And God, give us ears to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, four fill-ins for you. First of all, being born again means believing. Believing. I before E. <laughs> Except after C. So, so far we're good. First John 5.1, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I thought that Jesus' last name was Christ, right? I mean, that's, that's how they say it. Whether they're in church or they're outside of church, it's always Jesus Christ together. But the reality is Christ was not Jesus' last name. In 2,000 years ago, they didn't have last names. So what they did, though, is they would say their first name, and then they would say who they are, the son of so-and-so. And then hundreds of years ago, they kind of changed that to be what they do. So you might have Joseph the Miller. He was the one who milled wheat in town, so his name became Joseph Miller. Or in my case, my last name is Schwartz, which in German means black. And so my great-great-great-great-grandfather, right, uh, was Johannes Blacksmith, the blacksmith. And so that's how I got my last name of Schwartz. Well, if you think about it, Jesus' last name, his identifier was who he was or what he did. He was the Christ, the Christ, which means the Messiah, the Savior. Or in our modern language, we could just call him Jesus the superhero, right? Because that's what he did. He saved the day. So that's how we know Jesus is that he is, I mean, how, that's how we know him by, is that he is the Christ, the Messiah. The first stop, step to being born again is believing that he is the Savior. Now, we can believe that he exists. That doesn't take a whole lot of belief. Because not only is Jesus mentioned in four different accounts, you know, in Scripture, but you can go to any library and look him up, and you'll find books about who Jesus was. He was a man. He lived 2,000 years ago. You'll even find descriptions of his death. But being born again means that you believe more than that because it doesn't take a lot to believe that he existed. You have to believe that he really was who he said he was, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God. And not only did he die on a, on a cross, a gruesome death, but he rose again. He rose again on the third day. That's what Easter is all about. So it takes believing to be born again. The second point is, is it takes obeying. So it's more than just believing. Verse, verses 2 and 3 say, This is how we know that we love 
the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. So being born again means that we do what Jesus tells us to do. So what, what, what are those commands? Well, they're all throughout Scripture. God didn't leave us here without instructions. He told us how to live our life, and it's in this book. And, and by the way, if this book is confusing, I would encourage you to sign up for that four-week class on Thursday nights. You know, you'll get a, a really wonderful overview. My wife is helping teach it, so I'll plug her too. It's going to be really, really good. Um, but this book can be confusing. But throughout Scripture, there are commands on how we are supposed to live our life. If you look in the book of Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the first four books of the New Testament, about two-thirds of the way through your Bible. Chapters 5, 6, and 7 record Jesus' first sermon. So he spends three chapters telling us what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. So obeying is part of being born again. So here's an encouragement to you. If you've been following Jesus for a while and you're just like, I'm, I think I'm obeying. I'm not sure if I'm obeying. I would encourage you this week, read chapters 5, 6, and 7 of the book of Matthew and just read it in such a way that you're asking yourself, am I doing these things? Am I, am I obeying God? Because these are the commands that he has given us. So that's the second part of being born again is obeying. The third one is this, overcoming. And you don't normally hear this taught in a salvation message, but it's in our scripture today. It's in our text. So let me read it. Starting with verse 4, chapter 5. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the, only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, it makes sense because Jesus overcame the world. And if we call ourselves Christians or want to be followers of Christ, that means that we need to overcome the world as well. So what does it mean to overcome the world? It means to overcome the pressure to conform to the world's standards. Okay, guys, there is pressure for us to be like everyone else around us, isn't there? I mean, if you just take a look at what happened this past couple of years, if everyone was wearing masks, then you should wear a mask. If everyone's not wearing masks, then you should not wear a mask. If everybody's staying home, then you should, right? I mean, there was so much pressure to do what everyone else was doing. I know when I... When I go to a wedding, um, you, you want to basically dress like everyone else, right? I mean, there's, there's this pressure, and maybe it's not so much coming from the outside as much as coming from the inside, where I don't want to stick out. I want to be like everybody else, so whatever they're doing, I want to do and be like them. We have a new term in our culture today called social media influencers. And who these people are, I was just watching a, a documentary on one of them. They have millions of followers, 
and they get paid to use their influence, their presence, to adjust people's thinking, adjust their living style, what they wear, what they buy. So just know there is pressure on us to conform, to to be like everyone else. Now, within the church, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? I mean, there's a little bit of like that peer pressure to, to maybe not cuss somebody out, you know, I mean, in the parking lot. You probably wouldn't do that because you're within a church. So that, that can be helpful. But within the world, the problem is the world is diametrically opposed to most of Jesus' teachings. See, right now, the world is saying, if somebody is mean to you or bullying you, it's okay to hate them. I mean, if they're your enemy, I mean, you can go after them. But what Jesus said, he said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So the world is teaching one thing and Jesus is teaching another. So we have to overcome that pressure and do what Jesus said. Another example, definitely in the United States, is this whole idea of taking care of number one, right? I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after what's best for me, my, my best interest. Whatever is best for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. And there's this pressure to do that. But Jesus said... So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. So he's saying, look out for them, not for yourself. So those two are opposite each other. And I'm sure we've all heard, just follow your heart, right? If it feels good, do it. Yeah, that's, that's what gets us in trouble, doesn't it? Right? But Jesus would say this. This is from Jeremiah. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. The heart is deceitful. Our hearts lie to us. And so we can't do what feels good. We need to do what we know is good. We need to know, do what is right, not what feels one way or the other. So we can't conform to what the world is offering. We need to overcome the pressures of this world. That's what it means to be born again. So here's your fill-in. When we overcome the world, we become an influencer instead of being influenced. Man, that's my prayer, is that you all become influencers. That's really my prayer that you become world changers. That's what it means. Well, that's, again, being born again is we overcome the world. The world does not overcome us. And then the last point, being over, born again means receiving. We have overcoming, receiving. Verse 11 says, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So it says, whoever has the Son um, has eternal life. 
God has given us this idea of giving and receiving. We cannot have a gift that somebody is giving to us unless we receive it. We have to receive this gift of eternal life. That's what it means to be born again. So how do we receive this gift? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says this. It says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So we talked about being born again means to be saved. That's another one of those Christianese terms. Saved from what? Saved from death. Saved from the consequences of our sin, which is eternity in hell, not with God. So it's through confession, verbal confession with our mouth, that Jesus is Lord and belief in our heart. So it takes belief, but it takes more than that. To be saved, to be born again, it's not just believing, it's confessing that Jesus is Lord, and not just Lord of the world, Lord of the universe, but my personal Lord and Savior. So what's it mean to have somebody else be your Lord? Well, that means that you do what they want, not what you want. That goes back to obeying, right? See how it all plays together. It all plays together. So being born again means believing that Jesus is who he said he is. It means obeying his commands. It means saying no to conforming to the world, overcoming. And then there is a point in time, and I do believe this, there, there needs to be a point in time when you receive the gift that Jesus is offering to you, eternal life. Okay? That's my four Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.